1: Grinders, welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, December thirtieth, the last show of 2022. Is everyone excited? I'm not. It's just another day, right? December thirty-first comes, January first comes, and nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's not like the DFS world. All of a sudden, it's oh, it's 2023. Every everything is different. It's not not just another day the world the planet doesn't know It doesn't it doesn't go by our numerical calendar dice system it doesn't care it doesn't care i guess it's a little bit nihilistic it doesn't matter that's the last show it doesn't matter if it's the first show and it doesn't matter if you tune in uh, whether or not it's the first or last show so this is the place where uh as long as it's not monday with uh james mccool or uh on fridays when there's an mma slate it's a pretty much a, a, you know a, an open an open forum to learn more about DFS strategy and the tools here at Grinders like Lineup HQ, okay? Like the simulation outputs we have, like the projections and the ownership and all the content we have here. And if you want that, I would suggest you get a combo premium package by clicking on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. You get you get all the sports right. I know NFL is kind of coming into close, but we have all the playoff content. We have all the playoff projections, the showdowns, the small slates, the everything. So go, go dive in. Good morning to everyone in the chat. Wataz, here early. Suki Singh, not as early as usual. Boondada. Mr. Richard. Mr. Dick. For short, I guess. Kickstart card fan, Jay Simmons. Jesse Adfield actually made it to a live show for once. Rum and eggnog. Are we having rum and I'm kind of, it's kind of, t- I have the vanilla Starbucks Frappuccino thing—it's it's, it's, it's eggnoggy, I guess. Right? We got the Alex here, Grant Brown, uh, Jupoc, Jupocalypse. Haven't seen you in a while, Matt Moody. Oh, even a Hubbro's in the chat, Peter Viles. Right? We we got we got it's pop popular on Friday, I guess. No one has anything to do. Uh, people have off or something, right? Because it's New Year's, right? But like I like I said before, uh, the show is 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 less about. Like, what are we going to do for this upcoming slate? Although we, we will most likely be using, you know, current slates and past slates as examples of concepts. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I care less about going over the same thing over and over again, right? right? If you want a more structured sense of learning, right, I would suggest just getting the theory of daily fantasy sports. All the concepts that I talk about on this show are in the course, either the first course, the fundamentals masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player or the advanced course, how to apply profitable DFS Strategies for Advanced Players, which comes with custom Excel tools. So go pick that up at theoryofdfs.com. I mentioned yesterday that I wanted to talk about a very, very, very macro concept. Very macro concept. Right? We talk about it in the in the first course, but maybe, maybe not in this way. Like I said, I, I've been I've been relearning poker. So I've been using like a lot of the stuff like I, I read like like there's no tomorrow like I I can read a book a day easily. And these are like 300, 400 page books. So I'll go through and go, how does this relate to DFS and how can I help teach it better to you fine folks out there that are hitting the thumbs up button? I hope you are. I hope you're doing that. That helps us out. Where does the money come from in DFS? Where does the money come from? I know it sounds like like, oh, well, obviously it comes from it comes from us right? It comes from the people, the people, the people put in the money, but that's not what I mean is that when you are a profitable DFS player, long-term profitable, where does the money come from? What is the reason that you're able to get the money and other people are not able to get the money? So like in poker, it's a matter of, okay, well, if everyone's going to, if everyone's going to play, if everyone was sitting at the table, right, it was a nine-handed table, and everyone has a thousand bucks in front of them. There's nine thousand dollars on the table. Okay, how 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 do the good players get the money and the bad players don't? I know I know a lot of people are like, oh well, the money comes from the bad players. Well, that's a, it's still a little too broad, right? That's that's descriptive. We're describing a player type, but we're not describing why that happens. Okay, so. Where does the money come from? So, like at a poker table, nine nine thousand bucks on the table. If everyone was even evenly skilled, right? Because we have to say that, like, y'all, oh, you're gonna get aces once every what, two hundred and twenty twenty hands or so. Like, everyone's gonna get the same cards. If we ran this out for like an infinity infinity, you're gonna get the same cards in the same spots, and you know everyone's gonna be equal. Of course, you need seven million lifetimes for that with all the combinations that are available. But whatever. You're going to be all all like that. The cards are going to even out over time. The flops are going to even out. So whether or not you hit that card or that your opponent hits that card, it's all going to even out. So where does the money come from? Where does the money? Okay, you're up over a long period, of, where does the money come from? Now, obviously, uh this is not including the rake, right? The commission and DFS, right? The, the 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 cost it is to play. So, if you're playing if you're playing poker with like a five dollar drop or something like that, you know, ten percent five max or something, right? So, like every hand, like five bucks comes off the table, right? So like let's say you're playing thirty hands an hour, that's like one hundred and fifty dollars coming off the table like every hour. so let's say let's say the game ran for twenty hours, right? So after twenty hours, three thousand dollars has come off the table on average. Obviously, there are small things. they don't take the full max or whatever, but let's just Use that as an example. So if there was $9,000 on the table to begin with 20 hours later, if the same people were at the same table playing completely evenly skilled, even all across the board, what ends up happening is that, uh, you know, $3,000 divided by nine is what? Is what uh, 300 and change, 330 bucks or something like that? Like that's coming no matter who won or lost hands or anything like that, that on average, that, that's what you're paying. You have to beat that first, first, before you can even be profitable, okay? So the same thing in DFS, where if we're playing, a, you know, let's say just say, it doesn't matter if it's large field, small field. Let's just say the rake is 15%. I know it's variable. I know some are 12%, some are 7%, depending if you go on the high stakes, smaller field stuff, right, or, or, or high, really high stakes, head-to-heads. But let's just say 15% for, for argument's sake. Let's hey, let's just say ten percent. It makes it easier on the math, right? It's always easier on the math when it's ten percent, right? So if we're, we're entering a contest where there's a hundred people in it, right? Let, let make it easy: hundred people, and it's a it's it's a dollar to enter, right? So that's a hundred bucks in the pot. Well, if they're gonna if the DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo or wherever is gonna take out ten bucks out of it, right? They're gonna take uh, you know it's gonna take ten cents per person out of it. So you you need to beat that. If everyone was evenly skilled, everyone we ran this out in infinite amount of times, right? And everyone played equally skilled lineups and we'll get into what what a skilled lineup is, equal expected value lineups. That over the long run, over the long long run, everyone would be a loser, right? By by 10%. Right? That some out of the 100 people that play, you'll win but Let's say it's winner-take-all to make this easy, right? So we don't have to progress that progressive. It's just like winner-take-all, 100, man, that's it, right? If everyone's equally skilled, they'll win, on average, one out of 100 times, right? So you pay the dollar, you lose. You pay the dollar, you lose. Like, you do that 99 times and you win once, right? But then you're paying 10 cents each time to play, so you end up with 90 bucks in front of you, right? So you won and you have now you have 90 bucks, Okay. So if you're a profitable DFS player, where does that where where does your profit come from? Where does it come from? And feel free feel free to chime in in the YouTube chat. Where do you think the where do you think the profit comes from for profitable for skilled DFS players? We're not even going to call them profitable, right? Obviously the byproduct is because they're skilled they are profitable, right? But that's a descriptor also. So where does the money come from for skilled players to profit from. Grant Brown asked favorite book for no limit ordered Ed Village the Course. Uh it de- it depends on on your experience level. Like it I'm not even saying experience level from like a beginner intermediate advanced type of thing, but just you're still level in are are you used to playing poker? Right. If you're someone that's been playing poker for a while, like in 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 a decent, not a, not a serious, serious way, but not just home games or stuff like that. If you've been playing for a while, right? Yeah, I if, if Basically, if Ed Miller's name on is on it, just just buy all of his books. He's wrote he's written nine books. Buy them all. Like, I I like the the my two. I'll even show them. If if the I like small stakes, no limit hold'em. This is early, this is from like two thousand nine or so. I would start with this. I would start with small stakes, no limit hold'em. uh uh the court the court. I think the course is great. Right, that that if 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 you're used to playing from way back. And then you need to get back into it. I think the course by Ed Miller is good. I think player, playing the player by Ed Miller is fine. Like Poker's one percent and the mathemat and uh, the applications of no limit hold'em by Matthew Janda. Like I would suggest reading those, but I mean that don't 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 even consider those until you uh, until until you can practically memorize this book. Like don't don't even bother with those, right? But that they would be useful. you probably and also the stuff in those two books. If you're playing low limit. You know, one, two, two, five, may even five, ten. You may not even. You, you, it could help you get better, sure, but I mean, I, you may not even need that. I mean, you may not even need to absorb all of that knowledge to be to be profitable at those games, right? Stephen Bowman's here, first time, long time. Your advice is sharp and makes sense. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the thummy thumb. Thank you for the thummy thumb. Okay, so people in the chat are saying, where does the money come from? Weak opponents, unskilled players. All alpha comes from weak opponents. Okay. But we're describing people now. I want to take out the people. So where does the money come from? What do the weak opponents do that creates the alpha, creates the money that's available to win? So in poker, in most games, especially the the lower you get down in limits, most of the money, most of it, most of the money, comes from people that play too many hands like that's simply put that they're playing weak holdings and mathematically in the long run if we just if you just took those cards and ran out five cards on the board even if there was no betting like on average they're entering pots with weaker holdings that's where most at the lowest limits that's where most of the money comes from so while that you could simply generate alpha generate a profit by entering pots with stronger holdings against players that are entering pots with weaker holdings so you know you're you you have you have ace queen in your hand your opponent has eight five like most likely once it gets to the end you're going to be the one more percentage of time with the best hand Or obviously, then we get into bluffing opportunities and drawing opportunities and being able to get value bets. And that's I'm, I'm not even getting into that when it comes to poker. But essentially, most of the money is made in poker from weak opponents who are playing weaker hands on average than you are. Okay, so how does that how does that relate? How does that relate to DFS? It should be easy. It should be an easy analogy. Okay? You make most of your money. Skilled players make most of their money in DFS from playing stronger, high, when when we consider strong, we're saying higher projected. The range of outcomes, right, on average, so the mean, the mean projection is higher on average than your opponents. Now, obviously this would be ultimately correct when it comes to like head-to-heads right and that in that contest format or i want to call a format that cat the contest style right the non-progressive style head-to-heads double-ups 50-50s that type of stuff you make you make you, you pretty much make all your money right all of it by just playing better mean projected lineups your opponents now. We could argue on what is a better mean projection, right? I mean, models aren't a hundred percent. They're not. They're not. We you know. There's not. There's not. Not one R, right? It's. It's not. Not even point nine eight R. No. No. I mean, obviously, we could start arguing over one point here and one point there in projection. But in general, if you're playing a head-to-head, and let's say you know I'm going to use the Lineup HQ here. Based on our current projections this morning, at least for uh, for NFL on Sunday, I'll put in two zeros. If we if we if we don't use the semantics of the the one point here, one point there for the projections, we're just going to say these projections are 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 excellent, very close to one R, right? So I I, will optimize here, and not even and this is not regarding the distribution of the range of outcomes. One forty four point seven eight is the the mean optimal right now okay you will make the most amount of money And this we're talking about head-to-heads now we're talking about cash games now we'll talk about gpps in a second you make you where does the money come from well you're going to play a lineup at 144.78 and your opponent's going to play a lineup at 137 right lower you may find opponents that are playing lineups at 128 118 right you could find you could find some donkeys out there that are gonna play a lineup that's like 25 points lower projected for the you know they're playing with some weird ass players right they're not playing some of the highest projected play like like you could have that big of an advantage because your opponents are entering the pot entering the contest with a weaker lineup on average and the way to beat them is to just play the highest mean optimal lineup for obviously with the standard deviation of players is different so we're just assuming everything is normally distributed right just for the sake of this example I, I know there are, there are nuances there now at the at the one dollar level the two dollar level you you'll still find plenty DFS is like the states aren't as like dynamic as it is uh in uh in, in poker so you'll still find plenty of plenty of excellent players at the one dollar level right especially if you sign up for roto grinders right if you sign up for roto grinders right click on that link in the description get ten dollars off your first month you'll have our projection. Right. So if you just played the mean optimal, I mean, you're gonna be competitive against pretty much anyone in the lobby. Anyone. Now, are you gonna be competitive? Are you gonna be better enough to beat a 10% rake? That's the you have to find you have to find opponents that you're that you're profitable against more so than the rake. Okay. So let's say you're playing a lineup 144.78, right? Or whatever. I mean if you are having a if you have an opponent that's playing a lineup that's like 120 mean projected, right? We're just going really down down the barrel. They're playing some injured player or something like that or who knows. They, you, you look at their lineup and a headache it I don't know how you got to these people. Right? That type of lineup, do you need to play 144? Do you need do you need to play this specific lineup? No. You just need to play a better lineup mean projected on average. That's high enough past the rank. Obviously, your win percentage will go up the higher your mean projection is. But if someone's playing a 120 lineup and you're playing a 130 lineup, you're probably going to beat them at a, at a 62, 63% rate as it is. And that, that beats the rake also. And and you're good there. All I mean, against other people, right? The other people are playing 142, 143, 144 lineups. You're playing a 136 lineup, but you're playing an opponent that's playing a 120 lineup. Right so pff, you don't have to be the best. If that if that, that guy wants to play a $1000 head to, head to head, right? And you and you can, and they'll he'll give you a 15 point projection advantage. Then I mean, who cares about it? Who who cares about the rest of the lobby at that point? Where does the money come from? Right? What and that what makes the lineup plus EV? Right? I mean that's really really kind of what we're talking about. But I want to talk more on the macro sense. That's why I'm trying to make things as equal as possible. With, we're not going to get into the standard deviation of players, right? Some players have higher variance, lower variance. I don't, I, I that's beyond the scope of today's discussion, right? But I just really, really want to dive in and hammer the point of figuring out where the money comes from. Cash games, it's easy because there's really there's really only one variable in cash games is mean is mean projection, right, or median projection, whichever one they're they're different, but I kind of use them interchangeably. So the money comes from opponents who are willing to enter contests that we'll get into the the second variable of that, you know, the difference between cash and GPP. But if we just go with cash games, the head-to-head double up 50-50 style of contests where, you know, there's, there's a hundred people in the contest and 50 people get 1.8 X, right? Okay. Now let's say, And that 50-50 with 100 people and everyone gets 1.8x, if everyone played a lineup around 144, maybe it wasn't the same exact lineup, but everyone played a lineup around 144, is there any money to win, right, once you consider the 10% rake? There isn't, right? The lineups are close enough in mean projection that on average, we run this out to infinity, that... Even if you have a small, like, okay, I play a 144, you play a 143 and this guy plays a 143 and a half and this 143.2 and one, like, like, dude, so, a lot of people will be like small losers and then a little a little bit, a little bit slightly bigger losers. Like no one's going to be like, like no one's going to be a big loser. If if everyone was equal, like, let's say like the ultimate exaggeration is everyone played the same lineup, all a hundred opponents, all a hundred people. We just all played this exact line in a 50-50. We just all lose 10%. That's it. It's 10% rate, whatever the rate is. That's what it would be. You would see and it would never move. It would just like you lose 10% and that's it, right? So where does the money come from? Where does the money come from? The money comes from that some people in, in the contest are playing 143 lineups and 142 lineups and 141 lineups and 140 lineups, 139 lineups, 138 lineups. Right. And like I said, we're getting around the semantics of whether or not the numbers are correct. Right. Because there is a theoretically correct number. It's just that we're all trying to come to it. Right. But there are some objective ones. Right. Objective things. If you're playing a lineup at 144 and someone else is playing a lineup at 120, you can't tell me that you could find 24 mean projected points that are just like a, a difference of opinion type of thing. Right. Of like, oh, I think his target share is actually 17% and not 12%. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna make up a 24-point mean projection difference on, on 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 a half a point here and a point there on, on some of these projections. Right? So in the full contest, if everyone played the same lineup, you everyone loses 10%. Okay. So now how do we get to the point where someone could be break-even? Right? Not even a profitable player. So all of your opponents on average need to play 10%, basically 10% worse than you on average, right? You don't need to find 99 opponents that all play 10% worse than you. You'll find opponents that are 3% worse from you. But you also find someone in there in that 50-50 that's 27% worse than you, right? Is playing a line. You're playing a 144 and he's playing a 136 lineup or something like that. Right, you're you're not going to. You're rarely ever going to find opponents that are playing 50% worse than you. Right, lineups compared to each other don't are, are are typically not more than like three to one, maybe four. I mean, really bad, maybe if you're just shoving injured players in. Yeah, then then you then you may be a nine to one favorite or something like that. Uh but for the most part, you know, you you're really not going to find that at, in DFS contests. So, like on average, how much worse are the players in now? we're talking about the worst players now but how about the best players so let's say you consider yourself an, a, a, a good player which is which for dfs purposes is basically in cash games uh you're you're playing a you're playing a high median optimal lineup and now we're arguing now the difference between the best and the just a little bit less and like up there up in that upper 10% once we get past the rake like the people that are competing over being break even to begin with are the people that are all playing lineups that are like 142 to 145, right? Like somewhere in that range, right? We have that projection up there. Like, and we're we're, we're battling over semantics. So if James Conner, I have him at 24. We have him at 20. Someone else has him at 18 and a half, right? Someone else has him at 22. So he's obviously more likely to play him, right? One person has a Romandre Stevenson at 16. One has him at 20, right? We're, we're arguing over those types of things. But we're still primarily making lineups that are within that range of mean projection. Okay, so you could be playing a lineup. Let's say you're playing a lineup at 144 and someone else is playing a lineup at 145 or something like that. Like they're better than you. Doesn't mean, oh my God, I, I'm playing 100 man, 50, 50. I'm playing 100 man, 50, 50. And I see I see McLovin in there. I, I, see, I, I see me, you see me in there or something like that. And you go, oh my God, McLovin's the one player in this 50-50 it's not a winner take all or anything i got to avoid it i got to avoid it right can't can't play with McLovin, right doesn't matter that there's 99 and 98 other opponents right he's better than me right his projections are better than me better than roadog grinders maybe right right no we'll get into the range of outcomes type of stuff with the standard deviations that's that's what separates the, the good to the great right when it comes to all these cash games are concerned like, should you be should you be sitting, should you be there going, I can't play the contest because one out of 98 opponents is better than you. No, it's just that it obviously lowers the average, the average amongst all 100, right? The whole purpose is, is that we want to play in contests that we could be better than 10% on average than our opponents. Okay, that our people are choosing to play lower mean projected lineups for this we'll get into gpps in a sec right so don't worry about that well how about ownership and everything like we're not getting into that now okay so let's say you think on average you're 16 percent better on average and then mclovin enters like that average will come down because he's better than you right but he may he may only be four percent better than you on average mean optimal whatever you want to call it the semantics of a point here and there in projection, right? Does that, You don't avoid the contest. Where does your money come from? Your money comes from, we'll repeat again, people that willingly enter contests with weaker lineups than you on average. And you need enough of them or enough of even worse lineups on average to make up for the rate. So once you start adding another sharp player, another sharp player, another sharp player, another sharp, player, your average starts coming down. But let's say we get we get to the the, the small, the really small, so let's say it's a fifty it's a 50-50 and it's a let's just call it a four-man 50-50. The, the, the smallest 50-50 without being a head bet. A four-man 50-50. And it you're in there and you're playing, you I'm playing the Roto Grinders optimal. I mean optimal. I'm 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 gonna trust all of this, and that's what I'm going. OK, now, if you're playing against, let's say you see McLovin and BK Reader in there, right They're they're regs, right? Does it mean you can't play the contest? If you if you believe, let's say you believe they're five percent better each on average than you. Right. It's like, well, the rake is 10 percent. So I need to make I need to make that up somewhere. Right. In order to be profitable, especially when they're better. Like if you were all equal. Right. Let's say in the fourth person and was equal also, you'd all lose. Right. you all lose 10 percent. But let's say it's a 50-50 and it, you're in there with three like guys with no experience badges, people that are willingly playing uh, lineups that are 10% lower projected. You'd love that spot. You'd be extremely profitable in that spot. But let's say now you add McLovin to it. Okay, and he's 5% better than you. Okay, so that average goes down. So even if you're playing in a 50-50 four man and you go, "Well, it's me, it and two sharp regs." The fourth player has to be significantly worse, so that it feeds all through That it feeds you enough, even though it'll feed the other two players a little bit better, right? So you need you need you would need someone that is twenty five percent worse on average than the three, than you and McLovin and Beaker or whoever the two sharp ranks, right? You need someone significant. You can't have someone that's just fifteen percent worse, or you're not you're not going to beat the rate right? You need someone that's significantly worse. And if you don't find that person that's significantly worse, it's not going to be profitable for you to play. Someone that's willingly putting in a lineup that is lower mean projected than your own. Now, if you're at the top, right? If, you're, if, if you, you have the best mean optimal and someone and you have one guy that's playing 8% less and another guy that's playing 15% less, another guy's playing 20% less, and oh, there you go. There's your, there. That's where the profit, you take out the 10% rake and that's where your profit comes from. Okay. Where does the profit comes from? Where does the money come from? Yeah. We say weak opponents. I don't want to talk about the people. I want to talk about the properties that make the, make the profit realized. Why, why is it? Okay. So when people ask, it's like, well, uh, you know, should I play this lineup? If I ran, if I ran lineup HQ with no settings and no nothing, it's just all, Whatever. Right. And I ran five lineups. Right. Right. And it's cash games. We don't care about correlation. We're not going to get into the standard deviations and the whatever. And the distribution's a little bit different. Right. So if I ran the top five lineups. Right. I get Amon Rob, Ryan Robinson, McCaffrey, Garrett Wilson, Jared Goff, and all of them. Right. But in the top five, if you told me like what's the di- really the difference from an outcome standpoint of this, 14478 144, 14461 14461 14461 14440 40 like they're they functionally functionally they're all the same if you were if you're if you're playing in profitable contests where does the money come from players that are willing to put in lineups that are lower sign, lower enough on average mean projection than you okay is there a di- is there a difference between a one forty four seventy eight lineup and a one forty four sixty one lineup? Yes, there is by by this amount. By you can't even see it. It's 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 really thin. Can you see it? Can you see it there? It's really thin. Yes. If we're going on complete technicalities, we ran this out. Right, if you played ten thousand, hundred thousand, if you played four hundred lifetimes or something like that, you'd see a couple of nickels. You'd see a couple of shekels more. A couple of shekels more. But once you can, once you make the sample size, like 300 slates, like they maybe play an NFL for like your life or something like that. The, the, the very, just slapping variance on top of it. Like the differences between these lineups are not, are, are really absurdly marginal. Okay. So when people ask, should I play this one or that one? That's not where your profit comes from. Okay. That's the point. Where does the money come from? People think that this is where the money comes from. They think the money comes from, do I play? What? Well, what's the difference between these two lineups? I'm not saying that this is what you should be playing this week, by the way. This is just, I'm just going by. These projections will change. Jamina will do some stuff. Toddle will be in there, right? So it's, it's, it's immaterial on the players, right? So the differences between these two lineups up here is what? We got Conklin, Engram, a tight end. We got Myers versus Atwell. That's what I think. I think that's all it is. It's Engram, Conklin, it's Myers, Conklin versus Atwell, Engram. Yeah, I think that's it. It's a 2v2. So a lot of people will go, 2v2, which one should I play? I'm playing I'm playing double ups, I'm playing 50-50s, I'm playing whatever. They just. I'm playing, right? I'm in the DraftKings lobby. I got, I got 500 bucks in cash games. I'm playing 50 head-to-heads. I'm playing 40 double ups. I'm playing whatever, whatever it is. Then they they come and they go, Well, I mean, the the margins are very thin here. Because obviously the semantic, you know, one or two points in projection could be debated, right? On whether or not we should be giving Miles Sanders 16.86 or 17.4 or 15.8, or you know, like like there's there's it's not perfect there, right? No projection model is perfect. So then someone will go, Well, do I play mod which one do I play? Which 2v2 do I play? And Whichever, if they choose one that ends up getting them over the line in the double up, they go, I made the right choice. Bam, that's where my money came from. And if they made that choice and they end up like two points below the cash line and the other one got there, they go, damn, damn it. Damn it. I screwed up. I'm a bad player. Right? I'm bad. Right? I should I should have made that, that 2v2. I chose the wrong 2v2. And they go, that's the reason. They, that's, what, that's what they think. That's the reason why I lost. Because I chose the wrong 2v2. But that's not the reason why you lost or won. Neither of them mattered. Neither of them mattered. If the dip, if your profit, if the money, where does the money come from? If the money came from these decisions, you're in ridiculously tough games that the rake is going to eat you. Right? If you imagine you being in 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 a, in a head-to-head where one person, where you're, you know your your opponent will be. You're going to be choosing between these two liners. If me, if me and you and someone in the chat said, okay, we're going to play it head to head, but we can only choose one of these two liners, and that's it. That that's it. That that's the only head. Basically, we're playing a head to head for Myers Conklin versus Atwell Ingram. That's literally what we're doing. Okay. What? What? Where does the money come from? Like if there was no rake, there would be a small edge based on our projections on the Myers and Conklin side. Very small, right? If I chose the first one or something based on the Roto-Grinders projections, I'd win 50.01% of the time. Well, I mean, like, like that's how marginal it is. Okay? Now once you slap the 10% rake on it, like then we're both losers. Like then it doesn't matter. Then we're then we're both like between these two lineups means nothing like that's that's not where the money comes from that's not where the money comes from the money comes from i'll repeat again from you playing higher mean projected lineups on than the average of your opponents okay so if you're playing in a contest that is worth playing meaning that you're in a contest that is more like you may not know all the opponents or something but is more likely to contain lineups on average where you got guys on the, you got guys on the real bottom that are like, you're, you're like 50% better. than You have a hundred percent better. If someone forgets to submit a lineup, you're a hundred percent better than them, right? They have a zero automatically. Right. But you'll find people on the bottom, 50, 55%, right? Right. 50, 55%, 50%. But then you'll find a couple of 40 percenters. Let's say like you're playing, you're playing a, uh, like a a, a hundred and twenty four man double up or something you know one of those that they offer on draft teams you may find you know you know two or three on the bottom that are like you're 50% better than then you may find another another three or four that you like 40% better than then you may find a couple that are like then you start getting to the the 15, 10. you get a lot of those and then you start getting more towards the break even level then now now you're dealing with kind of the the sharp people the the op the opto bros right The the regs, you know, that's within the rake, right? If you use roto grinders projections and you're playing against any reg in the lobby, like you're, they can't win money off of you. That now now you're not gonna win money off of them, but I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be enough within a if you're playing paying twelve percent rake on a on a like a fifty dollar head to head, like you're both losing, like you're both like there's no there's no point in playing, right? You go well, I could choose my two v two better than it does. Dude, the difference in projection of your two V2s is not big enough to overcome the rake. It's not. It's simply not, right? Are you going to, are you going to play a lineup that's like four or five points lower projected, right? Is he going to play a lineup that's four or five points lower projected than you? No, then you shouldn't be playing. You're both going to lose to the rake in the lo- in the long run, in the long run. It doesn't matter what two V2 you choose. It doesn't matter. That's not where the money comes from. The money comes from, like we talk about, weak opponents, opponents entering minus EV lineups compared to yours. It's always in relation to you, right? It's not. There's no like absolute EV. It's just you're playing a thousand dollar head to head against someone that's going to submit injured players. Like who cares? Can your can your line? Let's all injured players. He's guaranteed to score zero. How do you beat that opponent? You could beat that opponent by just playing. You could you could you could play a lineup that's projected for twenty. Right, right. Just as long as you get a point, you get as long as you get one point, right? You're good. You're good. That's it. Where does the money come from? Someone will look at that lineup. You'll post that lineup. This is what'll happen, right? I'm not standing, saying it would. That's all you do. You look for the person that's going to put in a lineup and forget, right? And just literally forget zero zero it gets it, it. There's nothing there, or puts in lineups that have you know backup quarterbacks and. And whatever, who knows, who knows what the hell it is, right? Guys that get zeros. And then you play a lineup that has like six wide receivers and, and running, you know, whatever. And let's say like on a slate, you score 42 points on an NFL Sunday slate in a head to head, but you're playing the head to head for a thousand bucks because that's your only volume. That's it. That's all you do. Right. You'll post that on Twitter and go, look, I want to head. I look, I look how much I won. And people look at your lineup and go, you know, the cash line of double ups was 138. How the hell do you would ahead had that with 42? It's like, well, I was playing an opponent that was that had a zero, that had an eight, that had a whatever the hell it is, right? Now, I'm not saying this to say, oh, you need to go bum hunting, right? Which is, I mean, that's the purpose of why you'd be doing that, right? Doesn't That's not the point I'm trying to make today. The point is, where does the money come from? So once you start thinking of where does the money come from? You start to understand what decisions matter to where the money comes from. The number one decision is the contest that you play, the opponents that you play. That's the number. We talk about that in, in Theory of DFS. By far, unequivocally, unequivocally, the most uh, the, the highest the highest uh, impact on your ROI will be the opponents that you play, not your skill not getting this bit better or that bit better. Although that helps that gets you that gets you more money, but the majority of where the money comes from is from weak opponents. And what do weak opponents do play lineups now in cash games that have a significantly lower mean projection value than you do on average. And then you want to find more, more of those people that on average, and if you're playing, if you're, if you're playing a, a double up and you're still playing with, you know, it's a hundred, it's a hundred man, 50, 50, like before. And there's like 30, 40, there's like 30, 35 sharp players that are all playing lineups uh, close enough to your, like whatever, maybe, maybe some are a little bit better than yours. Maybe some are a little bit worse than yours. It's like, as long as you can find enough at the bottom where people are playing, you know, minus 3%, minus 4%, a whole bunch of minus five to minus eight percent. And then you have some minus 15 percent of like. Even though there are people better than you right there, that on average, they're going to they're gonna make a little bit more. They're going to make more money that as long as you're on average better than the field, you'll be profitable. You're not going to be as you Like I said, you're not going to be as profitable as the sharp as the sharpest players, but you will be profitable. But you still have to be on average better than the rake. that's where the money comes from okay so when people look at me and they and they, they they look at me and they go uh what lineup should I play in cash games should I play this 3v3 this 2v2 this 1v1 I go dude are you playing are you playing a high mean projected lineup the answer is yes I said then whichever what whichever would flip a coin unless you want to decipher between you know one point here and one point there you can you can do that I'm not saying not to do that, but that's not where the money comes from. That isn't where the money, I it, repeat it again and again. That's not where the money comes from. If you're in contests where that's the reason someone wins or loses on average, like no one's going to beat the rake in DFS. Like it, it's too close. It's too close at that point. The rake would have to be significantly lower for anyone to show a profit. Okay so when when you're when you're sitting there on Sunday, right this Sunday, debating two v twos on lineups that all project within within of half a point of each other, three quarters of a point a point of, dude, even two or three points because remember, one point could be debated, and we have eight lineups. eight guys in the lineup. like dude, I mean, there's some there're lineups that like, hey, some some other model, you know, you say you take down the target share here, you up the play volume there. You know you you make some weather tweak or something like that, and the lineup that we have here, roto grinders may project for four points less in some other model. right? But that model has this has these players slightly higher, and these players slightly lower, right? So that's that's four points, and that's that, that's debatable, right? That's debatable. but that those four points aren't where the money comes from. I'm telling you, the four points aren't where the money comes from. The money comes from. How many opponents do you have that are willing to put even worse lineups in? Now, obviously the one that's the four points hot, you'd you'd rather, you'd make more money, right? But you'd be profitable even with the lower lineup, as long as you know where the money is coming from. Very important, extremely important. I got, I got, I got it from Ed Miller's the course. I mean, I literally, I literally, that's one of the first chapters in here. And I'm like, like, and, and, and I mean, it's not like, oh my God, epiphany. I didn't know that. No, I, I knew that in poker. But the way that Ed talks about poker it suits my style of, of, of teaching. So I was like, no, that, that makes sense in, in DFS as well. Where does the money come from? If you have any questions or anything, comments, feel free to talk amongst yourselves in the, the YouTube chat. Jupocalypse says if you start naming these episodes, where does the money come from? Would be a great name for one. That's what we should be doing. From now on, because what's what's what ends up happening is people ask me, it's like like what episode is good for this and what episode is good for that? And a lot of times there's just no markers on anything. Like, yeah, I remember talking about a whole thing about prize picks for an hour, and it's some random Tuesday episode that how the hell would you be even find it? Right? Even if it was in the description. So I think I think we need we need to we need to do titling. So Steve. Where does the money come from? So so we could we could reference it more. So that's what that's what we do. So basically Mondays will be Mondays with McCool, and it'll be whatever, right? And maybe we type we title that also. And then Fridays, MMA, we'll put the with well, the card the card name or whatever. Who the two main fighters in it. But the other episodes, we need to come up with every every that's the chat's job now. Okay. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That make it a little bit more interactive. Your job is to come up with titles. And I like, I, I come from an old school podcasting sense where the title is something that was said on the show. Although if it's, if it means not, if it's some joke thing, it's not going to, it's not going to help anyone, but like something like that. So I like that. Where does the money come from? That's the title of the sense so DFS pregame show. Where does the money come
0: from?
1: <sighs> going through the YouTube chat. Yeah. Where does the money come from? People like that title. Okay, that's good. Mook farm. Yeah, Keith, Keith was on the theory. If you if you go to a uh, if you go to uh, the theory of DFS podcast, Keith Espinoza. Uh, he's a chess player. He was he was on that episode, the Mook farming one, right? He's he's good at that. That that that's his. He's he's the the, the bum hunter, right? Right. The dog dog the dog the bounty hunter dog. That he's the Keith the Keith the bum hunter, right? But that's where the money comes from. Once you understand that, that's that's where the money comes from. And then you start looking at these decisions of two v twos and cash games, and go, what, do, what, what are we spending time on? Right? If you want to, like, from a, from a functional standpoint, you could say, well, I enjoy doing. Okay, I enjoy doing. I enjoy watching Netflix. I enjoy whatever. I enjoy other playing poker. I enjoy that you can enjoy going to the movies or going to a bar. Like, well, fine, do whatever you enjoy. But I'm telling you that from a from a from a profit perspective it probably doesn't matter much it doesn't matter nearly anywhere nearly as much as playing a lineup that's better on average than your opponents and enough better on average that you could beat the rake and a lot of times if you're play if you're playing if you're playing in a contest you're playing in a 11 man double up right something like that 11 man 50-50 especially the smaller ones if you if it's you and 10 regs like dude none of this meant like like the difference between who on average if everyone played the same lineup it's minus 10 percent right if we have a 10 percent rate 12 percent rate whatever we're just going to say 10 the differences between these two v twos means that the best player in the game is going to only lose four <laughs> percent like like something like that that's what it gets to right it doesn't even get to the line of break even Right. If 11 people play, they're all regs, all sharp, all playing good projected lineups that are close enough to each other, OK, the best player loses only 4%, right? And the worst player loses, you know, minus 16% or something like that. That's that's it. But no one's profitable. No one's, it's, there's, no, there's no profit there. There's no money to be made. There's no money to come. But the DraftKings is taking that money right? 10% right off the top. So it's like, no one's going to be better than each other. This is one of the main reasons why people suggest you see that I have and sharp people suggest that on average, if you took away having to like go through the player lobby and look at all of your opponents and track all of that type of stuff that on average, the bigger, the double up single entry, bigger, bigger, the double up, the more likely you find players that are willing to play lineups that are negative ev lower mean projected than you are on average right especially single entry right the McLovins, the bk readers the loves bases the you know those you know those guys they can only play one entry but it's a 2000 man double up i'm not saying that dude maybe there are maybe there are enough people in there that the average is like the best player is only minus one percent like no one's profitable it's unlikely it's possible, but typically the larger the double ups, the more likely. I'm not saying it's the case because you'd have to go through each individual person and see. But the more likely you'll find more people that are willing to play l- less mean projected lines than you. We're talking specifically about cash games, right? We'll talk. We'll talk, dude. I've talked about. I I want really want to hammer ha- hammer this macro concept in on this show that maybe we'll save the the GPP because we have to add the extra variable. Uh. Uh, to to like Tuesday, right? Because Monday, James, or maybe we'll talk about it on a Monday. I don't know, right? But once you start asking yourself, where does the money come from? What do you do from there? Okay, now now I know where the money comes from. Right? You look at you look at the, let's strain the cash games. Where does the money come from? It's 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 a game of mean projection essentially. Like that that that's what the DF There's no really other variables. Then yeah, we could add some some standard deviation stuff some you know like correlation stuff where that increases the variance of your lineup but in general in general on average when you play cash games the goal if anything may be to reduce the variance of your lineup right where you'd rather not have correlation you'd rather not have the the wider standard deviation player you'd rather have the small if on if you're doing what profitable players do and you know where the money comes from that you're playing in contests that on average players will play more than a 10% less projected line I'm not 10% in actual projection but in an EV line of than you then you probably should be focusing you should be you should be willing to sacrifice maybe a half a point or a point or something just to reduce your variance just to say, I, I'd rather play the less the guy that has a higher mean projection, but you know, a, low, a slightly lower mean projection, but a narrower range of outcomes. Like that's that though those if you're spending your time on a little bit of time on that, that's a little bit understandable. And I'm I'm just saying a little bit understandable because I'm not even sure you, you probably don't even have to spend your time on that if you if you're playing in contests that are good, if you're playing in good games, playing. A, a, a good high mean projected lineup is all you need to do. That's the decision. Where does the money come from? And then, how much time should I be spending on the decisions? Well, the ones that matter most to your profit. And in cash games, it's primarily based on your opponents. If if as long as you have projections. If you're sitting there with no projections, now you now you have to turn players into numbers. We talked about that yesterday. You have to have someone. That's table stakes. You have to have some way to turn players into numbers. This is after you already have that. So once you already have that, just play the top mean optimal lineup. And and if you don't want to play that one, you want to play the third one or the 17th one or whatever. That one point here and there shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. You know, if if that matters, no one beats the rake. I mean, I'm telling you, no one beats the rake in that that scenario. Run it out. You can go in excel, you can run out of sim of that. At a 10% rate, and some of these are 12% rate, 14% rate. you, you dude, if, ever, if I'm playing a 144 lineup and everyone else is playing a 143 lineup, I still don't make any money. I'll lose my I'll be minus 8% or something, right? Long run. So that's not where the money is made. Cash games, the primary way. The primary where where the money is made is opponent sele- is contest selection, opponent and contest selection. That that's that that's pretty much all it is. Right, as long you have if you have a way of turning player names into numbers. The only other the only other deci- the biggest decisions you should be making, you should be spending your time contest selecting. That's what you should be spending most of your time doing. So if you're a cash, if you're primarily playing cash games, right? And even if you're not, but if you 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 do play cash games, we're talking about NFL, but it could be NBA, it could be whatever. If you're spending your time and you, and okay, the two caveats are you're playing cash games and you have a way of turning player names into numbers. Okay, that's the that's the two things. So you need projections. If you already have those two things. And let's say it's 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 noon. It's all right. We're coming up on noon now, and we got an NBA slate later today, right at seven or something, right? We got seven hours, and we'll take out the fact that NBA is has this guy's in, this guy's out. The projections will change a million times, okay? But let's say you got you got you already got that. You once it comes to six fifty nine, and we'll we'll take out the late swap stuff for NBA. I know NBA is a little bit different because. Things change all the time, right? It's all seven forty-five. This guy's in. Got to change this, and right. We're just saying everything's static. Picture like NFL. Everyone's playing at the same time. You know that that type that type of stuff. Right. We're getting rid of all that stuff. If you were to show up at six fifty-nine p.m. Eastern and just play the top mean projected lineup or one of them, I'm not even talking about the top one. Any of them, any of them, top hundred probably any of them, roll a dice, go to random.org, put them one to hundred and a uh, 74. Okay. Play the 74th line. Like you can do that at six 59 PM and enter enter that enter for all your cash games, right? That's about how much time compared you should be spending on what generates you profit in DFS cash games. That's about how much that, that would be the most efficient use of your time. Okay, what the more efficient use of your time like that, the the part of actually building the lineup of actually making choosing the lineup that you play could be 60, a 60 second process. If We take out the fact that you upload a CSV or you're, you're typing it in on your phone. We take out that if we just go from like it could it could literally be a two second process if we just count just pressing a button and just doing a knapsack solve on, 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 on your mean projections. But if you wanted to like, Oh, I well, want let me choose one of these top 10 or I'm not going to play this guy. I play the top lineup that doesn't have this guy in it. Like maybe it's 60 seconds. If those were the differences between whether or not you made a lost money in DFS, you're playing in two times. The game, the, g- the game is unbeatable at that moment. Or the game is unbeatable with the rake. The rake would have to be 2% for, for then those types of things would to matter. So that's 6.59 p.m. Eastern or 6.55 p.m. Eastern. You know what you should be doing at 10, 10 a.m. Eastern? Finding the contests. Looking through the contests. Let me look through the three-man lobby. Let me look through the 50-50 lobby. Let me look, let me look what's the. I'll enter you enter the big single-entry double-ups, the big ones. You're more likely to find people that are willing to play significantly lower mean projected lineups on average than you, right? And then you spend, doesn't mean you're hanging out all day, just looking at the lobby, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No, right. But you spend more of your time, whether it be every hour, right? Every hour and a half, every whatever you do it three times a day, you do it, it. If you think in the terms of where does the money come from? And you go. How do I allocate my time resources? You should be focused. You should allocate more time resources towards what what brings you profit in DFS to what doesn't, and scale it proportionally. Okay. So we already concluded that if we're playing in contests where the difference in one point of projection, like no one can beat those contests, then you shouldn't be playing those contests. Right, so the one point, do I play this guy or that guy? That as long as you're playing a high projected lineup compared to your opponents, you're you're fine. So you should be spending the time finding those contests, find finding the contests where that 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 exists. Seeing, looking at past contests, and going, let me take a look at the pro- let me use my yesterday's projections, and go into these, go into the single entry double up, and see what what the projections of all the lineups are download all the lineups and then insert your projections and see what the hell they are you could do you could, dude the excel tools that we have for theory you could do that you can take all take all the lineups throw them in but take the projections and just see what your opponent said and then here's the, here's here was your mean projection for all these lineups come up with an average right say what was the average projection and see how far your lineup is compared to that average. And what do you want to do? You want to find contests where you have the the, the, del- the delta between those two is higher. That's it. Welcome to DFS. That's where the profit comes from. Where does the money come from? So if you're going to spend time, if you're going to say, I only have, let's say you have, I only have 60 minutes of time to spend on DFS today. And you play cash, games, right? We'll talk about GPPs next week. Cash games. You only have 60. How should you allocate? Most people do this. They go, I'm gonna spend it from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. and determine what lineup to play. They spend all 60 minutes on that, right? Now they they spend 58 minutes on that. Two minutes they enter all the contests they want, right? They go, oh, I'm just gonna post 20 head to heads. I'm gonna enter. Da-da-da-da-da-da. They do that early. They do that the night before, and they never do anything else, right? They have $300 worth of whatever, and then it's like, okay, they're 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 off until 6 p.m. Eastern, right? And then then they figure out a lineup to play, and they spend 58 minutes on that. Right, I do the opposite. Right, I spend two minutes on that. I spend fifty. If I had the the other fifty-eight minutes, I'm spending throughout the course of the day. Right, 10 a.m. I'm spending a minute. 10:32 I'm spending a minute. 10:58 I'm spending two minutes. Right, like I'm throughout the course of the day, I'm looking in the lobby and seeing what the best what, what the best contests are. Right, entering more on FanDuel when they respawn the low stakes 50-50s, the hundred-man fifty-fifties, making sure I get in, getting into those. Right, so twenty-eight out of a hundred. Okay, it's six hours to go. That's obviously filling, right? And then another zero of a hundred. Okay, let me enter those. Right, going through the three mans and going clicking through the three man and seeing what my opponents are. Do I see a no badger in there? I'm in. Right, I don't care if McLovin's in there. I just need to. I I, I want to find the, the 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 rando that. Hey, they may be fine. They may be a roto grinder subscriber, and they may have the play. They may play R. Our projections, like, okay, well, you could see that after the fact. Whether or not that guy guy was good enough. But on average, typically some random person you've never seen, you're more likely to be a significant enough advantage over. So you're going through the, that's what you should be spending your 58, if you only had 60 minutes. Only two minutes is lineup building. 58 minutes is finding where the profit comes from. Then once you really once you really focus in on understanding that macro concept of where the money comes from you start putting putting your priorities in order as far as developing your 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 systematic time efficient process like I say in the advanced course systematic repeatable time efficient process to analyze slates effectively and consistently build lineups that show a long-term profit where does the money come from once once you focus on i'm going to spend more the most more of my time on the stuff that matters for that than the stuff that doesn't matter for it and to some people from the out the outcome that 2v2 looks like it's like oh yeah if i chose the other 2v2 i would have won and i chose the other part i lost so that that's the thing that i need to focus on but not realizing that based on the range of outcomes of all these players that if you ran that out a million times like probably half and half or somewhere close to it Right? That the projections are so close to each other. Right. That that really it's like the it's like flipping when when people think of it in these terms. It's not it's not exact, but think of it in these terms. The 2v2, two two, right? Do I play Myers and Conklin or do I play uh to Atwell and Ingram, whatever, whatever it happens to be, which will change by Sunday, by the way. Uh that's the equivalent of uh Someone asking, someone saying, oh, "I'm going to play a head-to-head to, head to head against someone, and it's going to be a coin flip, a literal coin flip, heads or tails, right?" So you go, "Okay, heads, right?" You know what heads is? Heads is heads is uh, is a Conklin and, and and Myers. Tails is is Atwell and Ingram. Okay, so imagine that you're going to head-to-head, head and it's a and it's a, a pre, pretty much pretty much a coin flip. I know there's a slight here and there, but pretty much a coin flip. And you go heads. And it comes up tails. And you go, oh, I should spend more time. I should spend more time. I should spend more time on studying the coin. Right? Because next week, it's going to get to a point where I have to choose between heads and tails on a on a quarter. And I'm going to spend an hour, that's sad at the time, looking at the ridges, looking at the, mm, is if he flips it this way, is the wind, is the wind moving with the coin? Is the, is it going to bounce on a table? Let me, let me spend, uh, I'm going to take a coin and I'm going to flip it on a table a hundred times just to get a sense of what the table is like, right? I'm going to start having the wind. I'm going to develop this whole thing on flipping the coin on checking. Is it what's the year on the coin? Does the, does the nickel matter? Does the type of metal matter? So I could better predict, is it going to be heads or is it going to be tails? Is it going to be heads or is it going to be tails? Is it going to be heads or is it going to be tails? While I, like you're doing that, playing against someone that is playing a lineup that is, you know, playing, that is just going to pick heads or tails, just whatever. Even money, just even money, heads heads or tails, minus 10%, heads or tails, right? I'm finding someone that's willing to give me two to one on the coin flip. I don't care about the coin. Don't care about the coin at all. I'm assuming the coin is a fair coin. Maybe there's an imperfection in there that makes it 50.1% more likely to be heads, right? But once you start taking out the 10% rake, who cares about that 0.1%? It's just a matter of who's losing the least, right? So that's not where I'm going to make my money, right? I'm finding, spending all that time for that little, such, such a small thing. I'm, I'm going to spend my time walking around town going, does, can anyone, is anyone willing to give me two to one on a coin flip? I don't care about the coin. The coin's the lid. Whether I choose heads or tails, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend eight hours choosing. Should it be heads? Should it be tails? Should I choose heads? Should I choose tails? Should I choose heads? Should I, that's what you're doing. When, when you are going through going, well, is this list lineup this 2v2? This what like that 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 is what you're doing. And in game theory, the closest the what the closer your decisions are to a coin flip to 50 to the the time you, you choose that doesn't matter. If it was truly a fifty fifty, you should spend zero time on it. If you couldn't do better than a monkey throwing it at a dartboard or something like that, or a turtle choosing a piece of lettuce then you should just be spending zero time on it. That, that simple math, that simple game theory. You should be spending time finding, finding someone around town that's willing to give you two to one or three to one or five to one, right? You could find a head-to-head opponent. You find a head-to-head opponent that's willing to play a lineup that's 30 points lower projected in NFL football. That's like finding someone that's willing to give you eight, nine to one. That's like eight to one on a coin flip. Give it to me. Do you choose heads or tails? Who cares? I'll choose whichever. Dude, I don't care what I choose. You're going to give me eight to one? Oh, eight to one. I choose heads. I come up with tails. I'm the idiot. No, it's eight to one on a coin flip. Why am I spending time on choosing between heads and tails? I'm choosing and find, let me find the people like that. Let me find the places where they congregate, right? The contests that the, those types of players enter, right? You're not just playing head to heads, but double ups, 50, 50s, whatever. That's what you should, that's where the money comes from. I think this is quite obvious. And the more that the more that you think of that direction, we'll get to GPPs. We'll talk about that. The more the more you see one, what type of contest you should be entering and two, what types of lineups you should be playing. Okay? And that's why GPPs we're going to talk about how the lineup differences are. In cash games it's easy. Got yeah, cash games pretty much it's my, almost everything comes from mean projection. So like, there's nothing, nothing to assess other, really other than that. And then the semantics of a point here and point there. But let me tell you, with the 10% rate, I keep, wanting want to harp on it again and again. Once you smack that 10, 12% rate, 14% rate on top of it. If you're in contests where the difference between the, between winning and losing, winning and losing, I'm not saying profiting and not, and, and not profiting, but winning and losing. Is the difference of that one or two points here and there? That two v two, that three v three? Those are not profitable content. Neither choice will be profitable. One is just slightly one is less slightly less losing than the other. That that's 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 basically the difference. Similar to playing the perfect strategy uh, blackjack, right? You play perfect basic strategy blackjack in a normal rules ba- uh, blackjack game, right? You're not going to beat the game. You're just going to lose the least, and if you enjoy the 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 variant swings and the entertainment of it all and getting some free drinks, then so be it. You lose your one point two percent or whatever, right? But then some people play blackjack in a way where they're they're seven percent losers, right? There's no way to there's no way to play perfect basic strategy without you know without some in a in an automatic shuffled meme, right? We're not even going to talk about counting or anything. You know, automated every, every, every hand is automated shuffle out of an eight deck. Sh- I mean, like, I mean, and there's no whole card exploits or, you know, dealer tells or whatever, you know, anything like that. It was a complete robot, completely fair game. Like there's no way to beat it. You just lose the least. So that equates to playing an 11 man double up or any whatever with all sharp players. That the differences come down to those one two points here. The outcomes may look like you win. Oh, I won because of this and lost because of this. But you're looking at things in a very in a very small small sample size. And on average, that if we run this out a million times, that oh, you 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 don't you don't even if you lose, you don't lose that often. You know, you know, it's like a it's like a coin flip. And knowing that the rate comes out and no one wins. So why are you spending all your time on that? As long as you have a way to, to to turn player names into numbers, and these these style of contests, that's where the profit comes from. End of story. So now, how do you take this and go to anything else that you do in DFS? Where does the where does the money come from? So if you're like, oh, I'm going to study this, I'm gonna I'm gonna back test that, I'm gonna whatever like that. The number one thing you should be asking yourself is where does the money come from and if it's not and for, if what you're doing is not really where the not enough of where the money comes from you should be spending about x amount of time on that so from a cash game perspective gpp's booking it's much more, a little bit more complex than gpp's so from a, G, a cash game perspective the money the money would be made in in two ways right this, these, these are the two things you should be spending your time on. One, converting players' names into numbers, right? To have the highest mean projected lineup. Have a high, not the highest, but the high, right? You're not going to have an, a, a model that's, you know, 1R. But you want to have a model that's good, that's highly, highly accurate. Maybe you're playing against players that have slightly better models. Slightly better. I don't know. It's not going to be that better. Not much better. Our models here are, are, are in lineup HQ. Our projections for roto grinders. They're they're different from the blitz, but they're not sub- absurdly different from the blitz. There are going to be discrepancies here and there. If I ran the top, uh, you know, 50 lineups out of the roto grinders projections and the 50 lineups out of the blitz projections. If you used any of those lineups against any of the other lineups, you probably won't beat the rake either. Right. The differences are going to be marginal. one is like two points projected into a two that's still within the rake. Okay? So when people say, which are the best projections? It's like and any anything's better than what you could do, probably, right? Unless you want to build your own. So when people say, should I play, should I play the third blitz optimal or the seventh Roto Grinders optimal? I say pick play whoever you want. That's not where the money comes from. Right? You're. You're. Are you playing a high mean projected lineup? Yes. Okay. Then you're fine. Are you? Is it signif- Is it higher on average than your opponents in the contest? Yes. Okay. Well, you'll be profitable. If you want to, if you want to eke out even more profit, a little bit more, then yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, improve your model a little or improve your contest selection. But you're much more likely. If, if unless you're a data scientist, you're probably much more likely to s- improve your profit by the opponents that you play than by questioning, you know, the the, the data science, like building your own projection model. And when some people, if they build their own projection model, okay, then they just want to spend their time doing that. God bless them. That's fine. I don't. I outsource it to people and products and tools that do it better than I could even build myself if I even develop that skill enough. So that's why I just, I, I use projection i may use aggregated projections i may change some weights on it i may i may hey if you want to go and you go i'm going to change james connor to 18 you didn't do it if you want to do that but i guarantee you those two points uh, yeah he's won't going to show he won't show up in the top 20 but if someone else played connor and it's like th- those lineups may to be close to each other anyway i mean like that's what i'm saying the margins are are within the rake that that's not where the money comes from Let's go through some stuff in the YouTube chat and then get the hell out of here. Uh, Trevor, yeah, Trevor asked a question that I pretty much answered about the difference between RG's optimal versus the Blitz's optimal. Don't consider optimal. Who cares about the optimal? If you're, if we're, argu- that's that's arguing two v 2s That's arguing a, a quarter of a point here. If you want to, because you—that's what you. If you want to eke out the extra 0.01 percent ROI, right over your opponents, that you should already have a substantially higher mean projected line, then fine. If you want to do that, I don't know why you'd spend so much time doing that. But yeah, I guess you can. Yes, if you're—if if you've exhausted all the contest selection and opponents, and then and then you're like you're still sitting there. I got two hours to kill. I don't want to do anything else. And you're like, okay, I'm going to try to, and you a little bit, a little, fine, okay, fine. Right. And skip S's. There's a way to tell which site has the most accurate player project. They all have the, they all have the, mo, like, this is, who cares about the most accurate? The care is about accurate. Okay. If it's a battle between projection systems, everyone loses. Everyone loses. The differences aren't that big. They may seem to you that they're big, but they're not when it comes to the rake. Okay. So I know we have competitors of roto grinders. They, They also have projections. I'm telling you, they have good projections. We have good projections. Anything that you could, you could, you could get a subscription for and get a model. They're probably very good projections. The accuracy of them and these projection systems are very close to one another. That if you're like, oh, I'm going to pick one of the top 20 from this site, site's model, and one of this 20 from this site, and then, but dude, once you slap that 10 to 12% rake, like everyone loses. Your goal is to find people that aren't playing those lineups. You're to find people that aren't playing anything close to those types of lineups, right? If everyone's playing, oh, I'm just going to choose one of the top 10 RG optimals. I'm going to choose one of the 10 blitz optimals and then it's 100 people 50-50, everyone loses. The best player is minus 2% or something, minus 4%. Like, everyone loses. That's not where the money's made. So if that's the case, like, why are we arguing over 2% here? Like, if if you have other stuff to do, like, find the weakest opponents. So are you going to spend – You can, you could do, if you wanted to, you could subscribe everywhere and take all of their models, right? Take the projection versus actual, take the range of outcomes, take the percentiles. You could do all of that work. You could plot them on a graph. You could you could do it for years and previously. You could do all that like that. And you go, okay, this model is 0.83. And this model is 0.81. And this model is 0.8. And this model is 0.79. And this model is 0.77. You go, oh, okay, I'm not going to play the model that's 0.77. It's like, if you play the model that's 0.77 and you know where the money comes from, you will make money. You go, but that's the, out of the five projection systems, that's like the worst one. said, so, yeah. And if you're playing against people that are playing with the best project that, and when I say, be- I mean, the differences aren't that big. 0.83 one, and you're playing the 0.77 one, and you're choosing one of the top 10 lineups there. That's not where the money's made. Right? Oh, the guy with the 0.83 model is gonna beat the guy with the 0.77 model. Yeah, like 51% of the time. <laughs> I mean, like, like that's what I mean by it's like it's like, like, like 51% of the time instead of 50 and a half percent of the time. I mean, like, that's the margins of that. So are you you want to spend that time on going, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out which of these models is the most accurate instead of caring about accurate, just being accurate in any sense of the imagination. Because if, if everyone's just playing one, if it is five projection models and literally everyone in your 100-man contest is playing something from one of those five, everyone loses. Well, I'm playing the one at 0.83. Okay, you're minus 6%. Well, I'm playing 0.77. You're minus 14%. Where Where's someone that's pro, plus, 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 plus percentage? Nowhere. Nowhere. Right? But wouldn't I want to play point the 0.831 rather than the 0.77? I, I, pennies on the dollar? Yeah, sure, yeah. At the end of the year, you'll notice the difference with an extra like $28. To your name. Golf club. If you want to. So you're going to have $28 extra to your name at the end of the year. Okay? How much time are you spending for that $28? Surely not... 40 to 60 hours trying to figure that out? No, of course not. That seems stupid. Unless you're doing it for the intellectual challenge. And that that then it comes down to entertainment. Now, now we're talking about entertainment. Where does the money come from? The money comes from playing the .77 accurate model in one of the top lineups there and finding people that are playing lineups that if you ran it through even that model is 10 points lower project. If you ran it through the .83 model, it's 8 points lower project. You're making money off them regardless. You went slightly higher if you had a slightly better, better project, slightly like 51%, you know, like that type of thing. So what are you spending your time on? Keith Espinosa says: Mook farming is a grind. The inspiration happens once, but the grind is a full-time job. Yes, and Keith, that's what Keith does. Keith says using your Roto Tracker head-to-head database to snipe in the lobby is a ton of work. Yes, but that's the work. That's see, this is the the thing is that Keith, what Keith understands is he understands where the money comes from. There's a lot. He says it's a lot of work. That's he will do. He will increase his profit way more by doing that work than by figuring out what two v two to play. Easily. I mean, e- I mean, hands down. Figuring out who to snipe in the lobby. Like, and really studying. I mean, you have to develop a database and track and compare lineups, projected lineups to each other and go, if you if you want to do that. If anything, that's where you should be spending your time. I mean, really. Do, dude, just show up the road to Rotogrinders five minutes before it's late and, and okay, I'm just going to... And don't even play the top one. Play whatever one. Play just, run 20 lineups randomly choose one to 20 and you're fine that 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 there's your lineup but if you're doing what what Keith does meticulously tracking head to-heads and meticulously tracking the double ups and seeing who's in and who's out and that that's where that's where you could grind that's where you could grind out now at the end of the year that may amount to fifteen thousand dollars depending on the the stakes that you play like that's that's how much of a difference that could make, if you're willing to put in the work. That could mean an extra that could mean an extra like, extra one or two percent compounded every day. So if let's say let's say in cash games you have a six percent ROI, that in and of itself may give you an eight percent ROI. Now remember this compounds every day, so if you're playing hundred dollars, and your expected ROI is 6%, you should expect six, on average to win $6. But let's say now it's $8. And let's say you play every day. Right? So that's an extra 2 bucks a day, right? For 300 days. That's 600 bucks at the end of the year. Right? But of course at the $100 level that's that's whatever. You're playing low stakes, you're not going to make a ton of money, you know. You don't you're, you're not doing anything. But imagine you imagine you're playing $5,000 worth of volume in cash games. And an extra two percent. What's one percent of five thousand? Fifty bucks. What's two percent of five thousand? A hundred bucks. So if you want to do that work for an extra hundred bucks a day for three hundred days, I'm talking about thirty grand. That'll you'll you'll that thirty grand comes out of that rather than two v twos. The two the, the, you're not getting that extra thirty. That wouldn't matter. That's where the money comes from. I like that Keith's in here like the, the, because he's he's someone that spends most of his time doing exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying that that's what you should be doing. Oh yeah. Now I'm going to set up a database. Like you can. I think that's a great idea, but I'm not saying, yeah, oh, this is what you have to do. It's more, I'm I'm more the macro of whenever you enter DFS, you go, well, I'm going to play this slate. I'm going to play this showdown content. I'm going to play this, i'm gonna play the single entry this thing i'm gonna play the three max i'm gonna play the large field i'm gonna play the that you start with okay i've i have a certain amount of time and resources and to spend what should i be spending time on well where does the money come from like that's where you should be spending the time and in cash games it's primarily contest selection. Keith also says, Jordan, don't forget to mention that you need to spend time canceling unsold head-to-heads before lock. You don't want to get auto-matched, right? auto match with the other kind of sharper players in the live. But some of those players aren't as sharp as you think they are, but most of them are. So, yeah, you need to spend time, you know, last five minutes so you could unreg, because you have to do them individually. Right? So this is the type of – Keith is doing the stuff that matters when it comes to where does the money come from. So I hope, I hope, I hope this is a, this is a good lesson. This is a macro lesson. This could, this could have been a chapter in the book. I mean, it's, it is talked about. We talked about it, what, chapter two, I believe. Chapter two in the first course. Right. I believe so. Go scroll here. Theory of DFS.com. Daily fantasy game theory that applies to any sport. Right. The rake DFS payout mechanics. Right, the skill, yeah, the skill gap. Yeah, we, we we talk about it in chapter two, game objectives. So go pick it up, theoryofdfs.com. And of course, I'll probably be mentioning this time and time again, right? Because what, what'll end up happening, you know, three weeks from now, some some person that just found the show or something will go on tonight's NBA slate. Do you, do you play this guy or that guy? Do you play this guy or this guy? cash game i'm playing cash lineup. do i play a uh, 2v2 right you'll you'll hear that tonight you'll actually you'll if you want to hear it tonight grinders live nba grinders live later tonight and crunch time for pre- no french crunch, crunch time's free right Time's free now presented by fanduel you'll hear that you'll hear that you'll hear that. i have a 2v2 cash game 2v2 bu- 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 Sure, if we want, to, if you want to argue over 0.1 percent, fine. But that's that is what that is. I'm not saying it's a oh, worthless, zero worthless. No, of course not. But it's it's worth about this much, right? And if you want to argue over that much, fine. That's if you've already spent your time doing everything else, where the money comes from. You want? to, Okay, sure. Why not? Who wants it? I want another 0.01 edge okay yeah we well, have nothing better better to do that's fine but you'll hear you'll hear that tonight. so if you want to hear that go go to crunch time go to grinders live we got uh nfl stuff coming out uh later today on the channel hit that notification bell you'll always know when we go live and uh i have the nfl game theory show coming up later at uh it'll be out later today with tuttle so uh, so yeah, so hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. If you want more of this type of information, go get the, the courses at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, I will be back on Monday, and it will be a new year. So happy new year to you as I answer your DFS strategy questions here. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.